This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Tuesday, December 14th, 2021, and we are ready to rock and roll. We have details on our next trip that's going to cost us episodes of this show. <laughs> what? That's You're not an wrong. Honest, You're not wrong. That's an honest assessment, You're not wrong. right? You're not wrong. That's you know. True. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell you about that coming up. Uh, we've got to get to what happened on Monday Night Football. Is Steph Curry the best to ever do it? And Jake is apparently very wealthy. I guess. Like, over the top. I mean, hugely wealthy. To the point where... He can afford to pay eight thousand dollars for a MacBook. Okay, eight thousand is probably aggressive. Not okay, seventy nine hundred. Right, Let's, right, I mean, right. Okay, sure. Apples to poor people. It, it um, is, and I know you shun us little people. So little we get people, it. yeah. Jake's right. kind of a big deal. Right, right. Um, as is making trades in the NBA, and we have a lot of interesting discussions going on around the Utah Jazz on whether or not the Jazz are trying to make a deal. So let's hop right in. Um, you know, we've been telling you that Karis LeVert and, frankly, anybody on the Indiana Pacers would be a nice addition for the Jazz. Well, in talking about this for the last week or so, we've been reaching out to our network of sources. Sources! Um, and we have it on pretty good information that the Jazz did, in fact, try to trade for uh, Karis LeVert, they inquired about picking up LeVert from the Pacers, and they were pretty much told, well, you don't have the assets, and we're pretty far down the road with another club in the NBA, the Pacers were told, who most people think is the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, but we'll see. But there's two things that should really stand out to you here when we're talking about Jazz making a trade. That is that their first real target was an athletic wing and Jake, they didn't have the assets to get that deal done. Yeah, and, and this is the conversation that we've been having, and this is what we've told you guys is going to be the challenge, which is, you know, A, you don't have a lot of flexibility money-wise, but then B, it's not like you're you're loaded with draft picks or, or you know, good contract situations to to move people around. And, and so everybody wants to come out on the Jazz and be like, well, they could – move bogey or they could move Joe or they could move X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But the problem with all of those guys uh, through no fault of their own is that they're paid well. And, and in the NBA, if you got to, if you want to execute a trade, all the numbers have to uh, be square. You have to, you have to level out on both sides and everything has to add up. So, well, when you're paying the, part. when you're paying the luxury tax, yeah, which the Utah jazz are, when you're paying the luxury tax, you're pretty much dollar for dollar. Things have to add up. You cannot add salary of any kind. Uh, I mean, you're really landlocked. And now that you have a lot of these trade deadlines uh, from contracts and trades that were made in the offseason, allowing people to make moves, that's why you're starting to see. It seems like the Indiana Pacers, frankly, hanging an open for business sign out saying that, you know, hey, we're ready to make deals. And I think if you're the Utah Jazz, you're smart to be out aggressively looking to improve your roster in December instead of waiting until early February. Because frankly, if you wait until the last couple of days of the deadline, it's going to be very difficult if you're the Jazz to get a deal done. 
Um, I think you're better off early in the market. And now I think, as we've been talking about for several months here, yeah. I think there's no doubt the Jazz are going to have to find a couple of dance partners if they want to make a deal that's going to significantly change and improve the roster as far as athleticism goes, because I just don't see that the Jazz have the pieces. Um, and we've talked about this with Rudy Gobert's contract, Mike Conley's contract. When, you, when you're paying that kind of money to guys – who do not have, you know, and I don't want to, I want to be careful how I say this. When you, when you pay a guy like Rudy Gobert, who in my opinion is not a championship caliber player, because he's not a well-rounded player. Mm -hmm. I think we've seen that. And when you're paying a guy like Mike Conley, luxury tax dollars, it handcuffs you. Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are the two guys on this team who you can say unequivocally, I can see them winning a championship and being a big part of a reason that a team wins a championship. Yeah. Other than that, whether it is Boyan Bogdanovich, whether it is Joe Ingles, um, you'll buck it O'Neal, <laughs> no matter who else you want to talk about on this roster, I don't believe that the Jazz have a lot of value. I don't believe they have a lot of leverage with the guys who are currently, you know, on their on their cap. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and and, and I think it makes it tough. I, I think it puts you in a situation as a club where where you kind of are are saying to yourself, okay, you know, yeah, we've got some nice pieces here that that work well together in our situation, but to improve this situation, you know, how do these players fit into you know uh, the Indiana Pacers situation, or how does X player fit in on X team, and and that's what you have to understand about trades. I think everyone thinks that trades are simply just money. They're not just money. I think there's this other side of the conversation where like, you know, again, the Indiana Pacers, for example, the Indiana Pacers don't really have any use for Royce O'Neal. The Indiana Pacers obviously, you know, have history with, with, uh, with bogey, but at the end of the day, you're not going to go out and, and, and make some splash move to to get a guy unless it makes sense both financially and for your team and so when I look at the Jazz I'm like man like this is a team that I feel like truly is like one to two players away from really being a, a an NBA finals threat from being a team that could really run the table here. yes and and so it's just difficult because it's like the carrot dangling in front of you and I want them to win so bad but it's just they're they're in a difficult spot and the real thing in in uh some of the media talked about this before the season that that if the Jazz don't do it this year, if they don't win their title this year, it's going to be really difficult for them to really do anything significant for the next couple of seasons because of the luxury tax situation. So that's why there's pressure to do it now. Yeah, and I also think that when you're talking about the landscape of the NBA, I mean, the West is not going to get easier. It's going to get more difficult. And we, we've said this for, I feel like, 18 months at this point. Mm -hmm. When you look at teams like the Golden State Warriors, they're clearly a better basketball team now than they were a year ago. Mm -hmm. And they still haven't gotten James Wiseman and Klay Thompson back, which a lot of people are expecting to happen right around or before Christmas. So they're going to get better. They're going to get more athletic. They're going to get better defensively. And they're already arguably the best team in the NBA. So you're in this difficult spot where – you know the L.A. Lakers are going to make deals. They're, it's not a question of if with the Lakers. It's a question of when yeah. they make a deal. Mm -hmm. And when, when you look at what they're out talking about, they're not talking about role players. I mean, when, when you look at oh, the big guy for Indiana whose name just Miles went Turner. Miles Turner. 
they're talking about Miles Turner. Mm -hmm. And if you add Miles Turner to that Laker roster, and if you wind up shipping out a guy like a DeAndre Jordan, you know, if you if you ship out role players off that roster, the Lakers just become exponentially better. Yeah. When you're if you add a guy like Miles Turner that truly pushes the Lakers into you know, hey, we're going to play a one, a point guard, a shooting guard, two power forwards, and a center. Mm -hmm. They're going to be very difficult to deal with because LeBron James has shown you a couple of things. He has massively improved his shot. Mm -hmm. He's playing with his back to the basket, and they're not going to sit around and hope that Anthony Davis turns into the stud that he was two years ago because they're they're out there. They realize – that they and everybody called him crazy for doing this. Yeah. And this is the issue that we've talked about a lot with the Jazz. Yeah. Look at what the Lakers have done. They've accumulated a ton of guys who they don't necessarily need and that have value around the league. And I think this is why you saw them pick up the nuns, that they've they've picked up the Baysmores, they've picked up guys that they can move around. Malik Monk. Malik Monk. They've picked up guys, Avery Bradley. Mm -hmm. You know, like you look at a guy like a Talon Horton Tucker. It's it, a sweepstakes at this point for Talon Horton Tucker. But but it I is. think the, I think when you are and I think your point about the Western Conference getting better is really the extra layer to this jazz conversation. That I think you know, not that I'm trying to exaggerate, but I think it's kind of terrifying if you're a Jazz fan. Think about it. I mean, you you don't have a lot of flexibility. You don't have a lot of assets as uh, you know for the Jazz, like we were just talking about. But on top of that, in addition to that, in addition to you not being really able to make a big time move, you've got the Lakers, the Warriors, the, the Suns, Suns. You know, the you, Clippers. You figure the Clippers are a dark horse to make a move of some kind. And, oh, by the way, they're going to add Kawhi Leonard back. So, so you start piling these teams on and you're like okay right now the jazz are sitting in the three spot right they're the three seed in in the western conference but but the real question is going to be what is what does it look like when february march april gets here and these these other teams in the western conference start to come together because what the jazz have now is their best like like their roster is not going to change a ton like That's you right. may see you may see uh, a bogey deal, maybe, or or uh, a Joe Ingles deal, maybe. Like, But that's a huge question mark if they could get something done. And, and I think the Jazz are in a situation where they're going to have to be really creative. And th th as you've been saying, I think they're going to have to be a third team in a deal. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the way that the conversations are going, I mean, they, they're trying to get – you know, like, and let's stay on Karis LeVert because that's who we were told they, they made the inquiry about. What do they have to offer Indiana? That's the real question. And so when you when you back up, you ask yourself, okay, if the Jazz don't make a deal, which I don't think is an option, I think you have to make a deal. If the Jazz don't make a deal, you're going into the playoffs very much in the same set of circumstances you did last year. The pieces are a little different. I mean, obviously, Rudy Gay brings a different dimension to you. Mm -hmm. But does Rudy Gay solve the problems that you had last playoff season? I don't necessarily believe he does. I think, obviously, he shoots the three very well, mm -hmm. right? So he's an upgrade. He does bring veteran presence in the postseason, he, so that helps. And he brings you a little bit. But does he really bring yeah. – Big moment postseason guy. I could argue well, I he does not. I don't think he doesn't bring. I don't think. I'm not saying he brings big moment postseason guy who's going to hit some clutch ass shot for you. But I think that 
for for the Jazz last year, their bench was very lackluster. Their bench got exposed last season. They did not have an answer for a lot of the things that these teams were throwing at them. And so I think, you know, the at a minimum, what we can say is that, you know, adding just those three players and, you know, Rudy Gay, you know, Hassan Whiteside and Eric Paschal, those three guys at least give Quinn more flexibility. But what they don't do is address your defensive deficiencies on the wing. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, going back to the Rudy Gobert conversation, is that when you look at the way Rudy impacts a game, that all goes away in the postseason. Mm-hmm. It, it is a very – the regular season is great. And, and this is what we talked about last year. We're talking about it right now because they're the third team in the West. It's great to be good in the regular season. But you need to be elite in the postseason. And the Jazz don't currently, as they are constructed, have the ability to be, in my opinion, to be elite in the postseason because defensively they don't match up with the top teams in the West. And frankly, what we're seeing out of this Utah Jazz team right now is a team that can't keep guards and forwards out of the paint. And so it minimizes the impact that Rudy Gobert has defensively because what you're seeing is teams like, and if you look at a Denver, right, that's you're pulling Rudy away from the basket. Okay, well, that's what we have Hassan Whiteside for. But how often have we seen Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gobert on the floor together? Rarely, if ever. Very rarely. Yeah. But what you're more likely to see, and I know this, every time I say this, this always pisses off Jazz fans, you're more likely to see Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside on the floor together than you are to see Rudy in any of those matchups. Well, in my opinion is I think that that, uh, and this is no slight to Rudy Gobert, but I think if we're talking about, you know, defensive creativity, defensive flexibility, the ability to switch at a higher rate, like the ability to cover more to ground, defend the pick and roll. I think that 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 combo of Gay and and Whiteside is a more potent combo defensively than just having Rudy and let's say Royce on the floor together. You know, because. Because at, at, when you look at Royce O'Neal and you look at Boyan Bogdanovich, those are your two, you know, primary wing defenders. And, yes. And Bogey's first step is is slower. I mean, that's not in question. That's not something that's outlandish to say. Everybody agrees with that. And then you look at Royce O'Neal, and yes, Royce O'Neal can play some pretty solid defense for you. But, you know, again, we go back to that Lakers series or even the Memphis series. When you get a superstar on the other team, and that other team knows how to get the matchup they want, it doesn't really matter what Royce O'Neal can do. It only matters who your weakest player on the floor is, yeah. and that's the problem. Well, and I, I think, again, it's great to be a good regular season team. That's important. Home court advantage. Totally get it. It's meaningless in the playoffs. And the game changes so significantly. It turns into a 1v1 half-court game in the postseason. Yeah. And it really makes – when you have Terrence Mann attacking Rudy Gobert's chest, that's exactly the issue that the Jazz haven't fixed. That's the issue. And I love that Rudy Gay is here. I I, I mean, I think Hassan Whiteside has been an, an excellent pickup so far. But how effective will they be in the postseason? And if Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside are, are playing at their highest best use in the postseason mm-hmm. – Where's Rudy Gobert fit into that picture? Because you can have one or the other. You can't have both. And Rudy is such an important part of your defense that I think it's going to be a real challenge. If you do not change this roster, it is going to be a challenge for the the Utah Jazz to improve and make a deep playoff run. Yeah. 
So, and, and again, I just look at other teams, uh, you know, like other teams have the pieces and the flexibility on their cap to move guys to acquire what ails them. Well, and you can see what's coming. I mean, if you're if you're the Utah Jazz, you can see what's coming. You can see that that uh that uh you know a uh, a Kaminga trade for the Warriors is uh, yes. is is uh, there's a high likelihood that they're going to make a move. I mean, there's even been conversations around Wiseman uh, and Miles Turner. So I mean, it's no secret that the Warriors are are out here trying to make moves. And 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 I and I just I I know I keep saying this, but it's it's what goes through my head, which is. It's not that the Jazz are some terrible team. They're not. But but we're, again, having this conversation of, hey, how good is this team who wants to win a championship? Can they live up to that? And right now, the formula is not quite there. They're very close, but they're just not quite there. They have got to get – they have got – I think they're two players away. I think if you can add either one truly elite wing player, and it's probably a 3 and D type player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have a guy in Donovan Mitchell who can carry you. Yeah. You have a guy in Mike Conley if you can keep him healthy. Which they've done that, a good job of. That Yeah, that that can be a big part of why you're good. But you cannot get around the fact that whether it's Don, Conley, Bogey, I mean, you pick the Jazz man. They're not good perimeter defense players. They're not. And – you know, I know that everybody seems to get upset when we talk about trading Royce O'Neal. I'm telling you, he's a vanilla average player. Yeah. He is, and it's thrilling and awesome to see him hitting threes. That's not what you need Royce O'Neal to do. And and we keep talking about this, and we keep having these conversations. It's cool that guys like Royce O'Neal are hitting threes. I need him to be a really good wing defender. Yeah. Those days are over. It's cool that Joe Ingles can hit threes and give me 20 minutes a night. I need him to be a really good wing defender. Those days are over. Yeah. Right? Rudy Gobert is an elite rim protector who doesn't often get to protect the rim, and especially not in the postseason. Yeah. Right? We need him, and we see Rudy working on his offensive game. All I need for the Jazz to do to make Rudy Gobert a more impactful player is to get an elite wing defender. Yes. When you add a wing defender to this team, Rudy Gobert instantly becomes a better player. Yeah, because he, he doesn't have to do as much, and he can and he can guard the rim more. And he has more freedom. He has more freedom to lean to the weaker side of the floor. Yes. And all of a sudden, now you get back up into a top 10 defensive team, a top five defensive team. Yeah. That's my point. All right, let's get some of your comments in here. Snooka is your first in. Snooka, good morning to you. Always appreciate you being here. Alex T says, another Malone Stockton era, no title. I don't know about era, but if you go back to what we were talking about before the Mike Conley signing happened, the Jazz need to suck it up and be bad for a year. Yeah. That's, if you want to win, and this team has a guy in Donovan Mitchell who's capable of being the centerpiece of a team that wins three championships in five years. If you want to be a three championship team in five years, you're going to have to suck for a year. Gotta you get have your money to, right. You have to get your money right. Yeah. And I think the hardest part of that is who you're going to say goodbye to, because Bogey, Jingles, you know, Buckets O'Neal, those guys are <laughs> not on. are not going to be here when this team wins a championship, in my opinion. Yeah. I I, I think you're going to have to have a roster overhaul. You can, you can build a team around Donovan Mitchell. You can win a championship with Mike Conley. 
I just don't – I think most of the other guys on this team – Eric Paschal's here because him and Donovan Mitchell are friends. Yeah. He's not a championship player. I don't even think that Rudy is – is uh, like, I don't think that – it's hard for me to say that Rudy Gobert can't be on a championship team because of what he's capable of doing. But well, he, what he can't be I, – yeah. and I want to make this clear, not to interrupt you. Yeah. Rudy Gobert cannot be a foundational part of a championship team. Yeah, I think he needs to be the back-end defensive guy. That's what he needs to be. Can't be asked to 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 do all these extra these extra things. Like the Suns like DeAndre Ayton's a perfect example of the opposite player of what Gobert would be. DeAndre the Suns asked DeAndre Ayton to 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 rim run just the same way the Jazz asked Gobert to rim run. The difference is, is that DeAndre Ayton is an offensive-minded player. So Correct. that's where his strengths lie. And so the Suns often lose on the defensive end. So I think my point here is that with DeAndre Ayton or, you know, Jokic or any – or like even an Embiid, like these guys who are more offensive-minded guys, the teams have to get them to work hard defensively. But they, they're able to make up for that. The problem for Gobert is that because he's defensive-minded and those stats don't you know, sometimes aren't able to get on the stat sheet. I think that, you know, people just don't see what he's truly capable of. If he had that dynamic wing defender to to give him support, he would be a savage, but he's spread way too thin. Well, and I think the other the other thing we always come back to on Rudy Gobert is that his big nights are on bad shooting nights for the Jazz. And I that's mean, tough, it, man. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> if <clears throat> excuse me. If the Jazz shoot the three well, Rudy doesn't have huge rebound nights. If the Jazz shoot the three well, he doesn't have 25 and 15. Yeah. Like, it, when the Jazz don't shoot well, Rudy Gobert has huge nights because he's an elite rebounder. Um, he understands trajectory. He understands positioning to become a rebounder. Like, Rudy Gobert is very good at that. Mm -hmm. But when, when you are asking Rudy Gobert to be a foundational piece, and we talked about this, you know, after the game in Philly the other night, when you are forcing your guys to throw him the ball, which the Jazz are now doing, they are telling, hey, throw him the ball. Mm -hmm. When you're forcing that, it it's not good for the team. The, the, the problem, the best part and the worst part, that's probably the right way to say this. The best part and the worst part of the Utah Jazz is that they live and die with the three ball. Yeah, and when they shoot forty to fifty percent from three, they're unbeat. They're un it's, unbeatable. And it's a beautiful they're, thing to watch. Yeah, they're un like. <laughs> but they're they're very difficult to beat. Yeah, yeah. But when you live by the three, you die by the three. Yeah, and there's it no is. other way. That's and that's the thing. I think it's a great point. I mean, when they're dying by the three, when they're when we all know those nights as 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 Jazz, you know, fans or admirers, we all know those nights where the Jazz are shooting twenty percent from three and don't have it going. It's a brutal existence because they don't really have another way to score. I mean, yeah, Don can get to the line, but Joe's not somebody who's who's driving by you. Bogey, they they try to get you know a little bit of bogey on the block. They try to start to get things going, but they don't have that guy. Like like um you know the other night, Kevin Durant going for fifty, and there was a game before that where they really just fed him because they were behind. Like the Maverick game last week. Yes. You know, yes. the Maverick game, yes. the Nets were really struggling, and they just gave it to KD, and he just carried them to, to victory. The Jazz don't have that guy, with all due respect to Don. The, and the problem for Don at this point in his career is now he's becoming an elite three-point shooter, mm -hmm. so people are taking that away from him. And he hasn't developed that. Like, if you think about Steph, it doesn't matter what you try to do. I honestly think the Pacers had seven guys guarding Steph last Seriously, night. Seriously, dude. But – Steph still got his, right? 
Don isn't developed enough as a three-point artist, if you will, to be able to do that. This is this team is just a little behind the curve, and they need to improve. Mm -hmm. That's really what this comes down to. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Brandon Whiteside says the Lakers have dollar store players. No one wants their trash. Au contraire. Their players may not be good, but they're all on team-friendly contracts. Everybody in that situation, pretty much outside they have of Russ, tradable players. Yeah, they took a ton of less money, a ton less money, to go and be an LA Laker and try and win a championship. You don't think somebody would want Malik Monk after what he's done this season so oh far? Oh my God! You don't. You they. There's no denying that people want Talon Horton Tucker. There's no denying it. You know. Um, the I, question is, look at a guy like, and a lot of there's a lot of people. Miles Turner's one of them. Another guy that everybody's talking about with the Lakers is Bradley Beal. Mm -hmm. If you look Jesus, at if, Bradley Beal, if if you look at those guys, and you you look at what they what they bring to the table, what are those teams after? Those teams are not after star stud players. Yeah, they're looking to rebuild. So for the Lakers, the Lakers need to to make numbers work. They've got to make the salaries work because of where they are in the salary cap. So you need fill players. If hey, if we're gonna give you a talent, Horton Tucker, you're gonna take Kent Bazemore's deal back to make it work, mm -hmm. and then you're gonna buy out or or play out the string on Kent Bazemore, mm -hmm. and then he's a free agent. So next year you have a lot more cap space. Yeah, like those are the deals the Lakers can make. But I feel like the Lakers too, like are always that team that are in that situation. So they're really nifty and crafty at figuring those things out. You know, like I sure. feel like some teams, you know, and this isn't particular to the Jazz, but I just think they're. Like, if you think about teams that we don't hear a lot about in the in the trade market, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, uh, let's say Portland, for example. You know, sometimes they're, sometimes they're the third team, but they're not really the team that's, like, out here making a ton of moves. You know, they're not a team that I would, that I'd be comfortable saying, yeah, could figure out, you know, a, a, a deal real easily. But look at Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. Here's another Laker target, Ben Simmons. Yeah. They want Talon Horton Tucker. The Sixers will trade Ben Simmons to the Lakers if Talon Horton Tucker is the centerpiece of a deal. And my guess is the Lakers would do that because the Lakers are struggling a bit defensively. They're not as good defensively as they had hoped to be. The problem for the Western Conference is if they get a Ben Simmons, they're going to make another deal. Yeah, I mean, they're going to make another trade. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. The Lakers have way more flexibility because of the fact, A, they're the Lakers, and B, a bunch of players want to be there. So a guy like a Ben Simmons, and this is the Buddy Heald trade that didn't mm -hmm. happen over the summer. Mm -hmm. Buddy Heald wants to be a Laker. The Kings don't mind trading Buddy Heald to the Lakers. It's almost a question of who doesn't want to be a Laker, and, and that's the advantage. And, I, and and this is definitely something that, that the Jazz deal with. There's no doubt about it, I, I, and it's not unique to the Jazz either. Like, I think, you know, if you're – you know, if you're a smaller team, you're going to deal with it. It just is what it is. I think is. the Cavs are dealing with the fact the that a lot of people yeah. don't want to play in that organization. Yeah, the Cavs, you know, you know like any any smaller market team. And so I just think that, that the Jazz will make a move of some kind. It will happen. To what extent, I'm not sure. I'm not confident. I can't confidently say that, that they're going to move Boyan Bogdanovich for a stud defensive wing. I, 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 I don't know. Like, you know, uh, a, a thigh bowl from Philly would be ideal. That's that's the kind of guy you're looking for. But but that's a lot of money, you know, and, and I don't know how that would work out. So the point just is, is that is that the Jazz, if you're a Jazz fan, 
You need to be looking for them to make a move, but you also need to be paying attention to what all these other teams are doing because the Jazz yeah. may be the three seed right now, but it's not really a question of what seed you are right now, is it? No, it's, it's a not. question of what seed you are when the playoffs begin. When you play that final game, where are you? The Jazz obviously are not going to be a playing tournament team, but are, well, my point is, is are they are they still a three seed? Are they a seven seed? Uh, like, where are they? You know, that to me is going to be really important. I think if the Lakers trade Talon Horton Tucker, if you give a 20-something player, and I can't remember, I think he's 22, 21. If you give a young 20s player, you know, and he's got two more years plus an option uh, on his deal, and Talon's got $30 million mm-hmm. guaranteed coming, that's a really affordable contract. That's a contract that, you know, if you're, if you're looking at like a Ben Simmons – um, for instance, because we know that, that we know that Philly wants a young, controllable player. Yeah. Um, Philly's return, tired of being landlocked. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I think if you, you know, if you want, um, you know, if you want that, I think that's where Ben Simmons gets moved. You know, if you look at. But like, is even Ben is like Ben Simmons a championship player? Like, let's say he did go to the Lakers or maybe the Clippers. Like, is he a is, is he a guy that that you're like, yeah, if you add him for defensive purposes, you're. You know, like but, a juggernaut. But now. isn't he the, the the same thing as Rudy Gobert? Mm, um, I don't I think, think he when, is. I think when you – oh, I think for wings, if Ben Simmons was on this Utah Jazz team, we would be having a completely different conversation. Well, that might – that we would. That's and, that, and, and I guess we're <coughs> saying the same thing, but we're saying two different things as well. Like, like, I don't think that Ben Simmons, number one, is nearly as limited as Rudy is. Like, Ben Simmons in, in, in the NBA can do a lot more for you than Rudy can. Meaning that Rudy will put up, Rudy is capable of putting up 25 and 15. We've seen it. He does it pretty, you know, consistently, assuming that he's got enough opportunity on the rebound side of things. Um, but like with Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is going to cause trouble for you with the other team's best player. Yes, he and is. And that's the difference. And I think that, you know, last year, you know, let's say that the Jazz had Ben Simmons last year. Paul George wouldn't have done what Paul George did to this team if Ben Simmons was on this team. And and that's kind of my point. The they Jazz need, need that guy. A wing. Yeah, defender. dude, you need somebody who's like you need a six 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 seven but wing defender. Ben Simmons' best fit is on a team that doesn't need him offensively. The Utah Jazz. They don't need him to shoot threes on this team. No. The Lakers. The Lakers don't need him to shoot three. The Lakers need him to to defend. Rebound Portland, and play point guard. Portland, well, the reason Damian Lillard wants to play with Ben Simmons is because Dame wants the ball, right? Like, I, I mean, I look at the way Philly's set up and that Tobias Harris is their, their highest paid player is crazy to me. Yeah, it's wild. But you're just sitting here paying Ben Simmons 30 million bucks a year. Well, and you weren't, and, though. And you, haven't, you weren't. You haven't traded him. I mean, you were finding him because he wasn't showing up, so he finally decided to start showing up. So you've saved a bit of money. But I just think – listen, man, I just think that, you know, the, the trade market is going to be crazy this time because, like, last year, like the bubble year, you know, there were some moves made, right? But, I, but this time yeah. around, it's going to be way deeper, way more aggressive. And you better watch the Sacramento Kings because I think the Sacramento Kings with De'Aaron Fox – um, if you look at Harrison Barnes, if you look at Buddy Heald, who's only making, I say only, uh, $23 million a year. Yeah, but for a guy his caliber. I mean, that's a manageable number. Yeah. That's a manageable number. He's not making, and again, not to keep picking on Rudy Gobert, but he, he's not making $40 million a yeah. year. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's it's a very, very manageable number. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. James Knight says, I feel you judge Rudy Gobert because of his salary. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You're damn right. I do. Exactly he's, pay- right. he's being paid 
He's one of the highest more. paid players in the NBA. He's being paid two times more than he should be paid. And that and 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 everyone the day let's not forget what we did on the show the day that contract came out. And go back and find it. I really encourage you to. The day that contract got signed, what did we say? This is going to kill them in the trade market. This is going to landlock them. And here we are. Yeah. And and I'm not trying to hate on Rudy specifically because I totally am down with, hey, as a player, you're worth what you can get paid. All the credit in the world to Rudy Gobert and yeah. his agent for getting that contract done. That's a hell of a job by them, number one. But number two, for, for what was Dennis Lindsay to do this deal, I just don't know what Dennis Lindsay was looking at. I'm not sure what his philosophy was. Man. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, like, I just don't know what he was looking at. To me, and I'll be honest, in back then when, when it was an option to let Rudy walk, I would have let him walk if he was saying to me, hey, 40 or I'm walking. Okay, we'll see you later. $42 million yeah. Dollars more yeah. than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, we will see you later, God, and we awful. will go and spend that money in the free agent market to get better. He's uh, in totality. He has 205 million dollars yeah so he's not a guy you're going to be able to move like and, not for a while and he's 23 percent of your salary cap man yeah for a guy who gets neutralized in half court offense for a guy that typically is out in the first quarter with eight minutes left to go like that's how they're playing him right now and that's why i say i i know man. everyone's like oh well you guys just hate on rudy well with all due respect it's not as though Rudy's coming down on the offensive end and just dominating people. That's not who he is. And again, it's not hate. It's just the situation. You know, like I And I, this is why paying paying Rudy means that eight point eight million dollars a year to Royce O'Neal is a lot of money. Yeah, and it like at least with Mike Conley, I can say, okay, you know, I understand I understand where they're coming from on Mike kind of. Like you're you're already like, when you made the decision to re-sign Mike Conley and pay the luxury tax, yes. you were saying to yourself, well, there's not much we're going to be able to do with this roster anyway, so we might as well go and get Mike and give it our best shot, you know? James says, to say he is not a championship-caliber player is, quite frankly, stupid. His defensive value makes up more than adequately for his offensive deficiencies, only it doesn't. It doesn't in the postseason. Because he gets neutralized. All that matters in this game is winning a championship. And for the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert was part of the problem last year. He wasn't the solution. Yeah. And so we all sit here and we talk about block shots and Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Cool. Those are nice defensive player of the year trophies you have. Yeah. I'll take NBA championships instead. And with Rudy Gobert on the roster as it's currently constructed, you're not going to win a championship. And, I, and, and the thing, is, the, the question I have, it, because we, we can, we'll have this conversation a million more times and. And we'll go round and round, and James Knight will call us idiots, and and you know it will go round and round, and it's fine. This is what we do on the show, right? Like I'm totally down with it, but 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 at the end of like at the end of the line here, when we're in Game Six of the second round against one of the LA teams, and you're down, it's an elimination game for you on the road. Is Rudy Gobert the guy you're going to go to and say, "Hey, man, win us the game"? Before the game, is Quinn Snyder going to Rudy Gobert? And saying, hey, man, I need 40 from you tonight. Yeah, and Bascom Snabu, whatever your name is. And by the way, now your comment got filtered because you told us to F off. That's it, Skippy. Yeah, you're out of here. Um, but his, he basically said we're never right about anything. Well, and, and hey, if that's true, <laughs> I mean, okay, cool. We can go. Do you want it? No, we, we're no, not. We're no, not. No. We're not. We're not doing lists on the show of how awesome we are. 
But I would just remind you, we're awesome and we haven't been really wrong about the Jazz on much, right? And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And we say this every day. If the Jazz win a championship, is that good for our show? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really good for our show. There is no question. So I'd like to see them win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Ryan Buckley says Jazz aren't trading anyone, LMAO. Okay. Uh, Brylark says, what's up, boys? Trade Royce and Joe immediately. Tanner says, I fear the Jazz are peaking too early. I'm a little worried that the Jazz keep playing Conley on back-to-backs. If they keep doing this, Conley will probably get hurt in the playoffs again. Which is definitely a low-key storyline. No one's talking about it. Water's wet. they are. Water's wet. Yeah, Mike Conley's hurt in the playoffs. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell leaves Utah before Utah ever wins a championship, Buckley says. And that's something that I'm worried about. I I, I truly am. Because if you think about the way this plays out, you know, let's let's assume, and I think it's a safe assumption, all the haters aside and everything, that they, they're not winning a championship this year, right? So if you don't win a championship this year, one of these next three seasons, you're not going to be good. You're like it because of the money you're like, you're going to be forced. It's not a choice. You're going to be forced into being like a six to eight seed. Like that's just going to have to be. And it's not a bad thing. This team is good enough. If you just get into the playoffs. But my point is, is with Don and where he's at with things, we saw how things played out with Devin Booker. The only reason Devin Booker is still Phoenix sun is because they did a complete 180 overhauled the entire roster. And then, you know, obviously made the NBA finals appearance where they lost. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's something to pay attention to. Greg Hawkins says I'm starting to believe that the Jazz will be sold somewhere else before they get a championship if it ever happens at all. Ooh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, so hard to be a fan of this team year after year. It is. I feel and and this is something we talk about too. Like I feel like the the Jazz are the ultimate get to the postseason. We're the best. Everything's amazing. Yep. Get eliminated. Yep. Like. I don't disagree. Tanner Plummer says, uh, Hawkins, I love the Jazz, but it's extremely difficult to get hype for this team year after year of frustrations. James Knight says, Jazz are the number one ranked offense in the league. Are the number one ranked offense in the league. Why would they need to force feed Rudy the ball offensively? Nah, we're good. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know because it doesn't lead to good things. But but you can see, and they have talked about the fact that they're trying to get Rudy the ball more. They're tr- that Quinn Snyder's talked about getting Rudy the ball more. The reason they're trying to force feed Rudy Gobert the ball is because when when he's a presence inside offensively, which again we don't see often, all hating aside, we just don't see it that much. But when he has those games where the first quarter he's got a couple of dunks and he's got some nice moments, you start to see the the looks, the quality of the look from three goes up. Yes, when Rudy Gobert is effective in the paint, because he's actually, by the way, he's actually a decent passer as well. Yeah, and that's starting. So again, these, and this is why I say it's a double-edged sword. Is Rudy Gobert a gifted offensive player? No, he's not. Is Rudy Gobert ever going to be somebody who who is going to be your best offensive player? No, he's not. No. But on the flip side of that, the Jazz also exacerbate the situation by not giving him the ball and not really including him. Like Donovan Mitchell won't give him the ball. Like like we've been watching this play out, and and you know. We just see he won't feed him the ball. He's wide open. Hey, buddy, wide open, standing on the basket, won't give him the ball. By the way, did you exacerbate last night? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> James Knight, uh, why would they need to force him the ball? I, I, I'm telling you now, offense is not the problem for the Jazz. Yeah. Defensively, they're not very good at all. Yeah. They're not. So, they, And this is why I say, James, I, I, I love talking basketball with you, but you want to focus on these things that the Jazz do really well. 
and I continue to point this out to people every day, I feel like, continue to do the things you do well, but you better fix your, your largest weaknesses, especially in professional sports. If, you, if your biggest weakness is your defense, you're not going to win Yeah, in any sport. Baseball, basketball, football, footy, you name Look it. Look at football last night. Why the Rams win that game? They stopped the run on defense. The first time they played the Cardinals, they got run all over. Neville 93 says, good morning, guys. Trade Joe. Uh, James Knight says, mine is done. And Mike, thanks for the heads up, Tanner. What did Tanner say? James Knight, uh, Tanner said, remember the Jazz had the number one offense in the league last year and look what happened in the playoffs. Minus Don and Mike. It doesn't. So wait, and I, I just want to get this right. The Jazz lost that game or lost the Clippers series because they couldn't score. Is that what happened? I Because maybe, and I know I don't watch Jazz basketball ever. But are you, are you trying to make the argument, James Knight, they lost the Clippers series? Because they couldn't score. No, I think what he's, I think the argument he's trying to make is that Mike Conley was hurt and then Don got hurt. And he's saying that if they had those two guys, they would have won the series. Yeah, well. Again, it doesn't matter if you would have had those guys. That's the thing. You can't, like, that's what happens in professional sports. It doesn't matter if, like, again, and I'm not trying to be a hard ass about it, but, like, that's the nature Seriously. of the beast. Like, like if you're not healthy, are we supposed to penalize, like, are the Clippers supposed to be penalized because, because you know, are we going to put the Conley series on hold because Mike Conley got hurt? And, no. and and that's my point. And I, and I can't remember who was just saying it. Sorry, I forgot who said it. But but them playing Mike Conley on back to backs recently is concerning. It is concerning. Like it's it, it was great the first uh, month to six weeks of the season. You you were not playing him on back to backs. Don't say it. But then don't open up the Jared Butler can I whoop ass. Don't do it. Rylark says the success of the season will solely be determined on what happens at the trade deadline. I agree. I think I think listen, I think that that you know, your your fate in the postseason is is largely sealed already. And what I mean by that is unless Justin Zanuck in this front office works magic and like makes a splash acquisition, like I'm talking about you know, year in, year out, all-star level player, your your fate is probably sealed in the postseason already. And, yeah. I, and and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but that's just where this team is at. Yep. So Tyler we'll Tyler P says, however we feel about Gobert, the Jazz are not a playoff team without him. I don't disagree with that. I think yeah. I think it, it, as a regular season player goes, this is why he's in the MVP conversation. Yeah. He's top twenty in the MVP conversation. Okay, that's cool. But you don't win championships in, you know, March. You win them in June. And yeah. he has been largely – I mean, the guy's not a factor in, in in the playoffs. Offensively, defensively, he – and I shouldn't say he's not a factor. He is a liability in the playoffs. In 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 that Clippers series, Rudy Gobert was a liability. He was by the no of fault weakness. of his Yeah, by no fault of his own, Yeah, Rudy Gobert is a liability. Because the Jazz, and this is the other thing I want to point out about Rudy Gay. Like, we all talk about, oh, well, the Jazz have Rudy Gay. They can play small ball. So that means that Rudy Gobert is not going to be on the floor. So are you saying they're better without Rudy Gobert on the floor? I mean, what would you prefer? Would you, would you, so like, if we, if we use the Clippers series as an example, would it have been, would the outcome have been different, all things equal, if, if it was Hassan at the five and Rudy Gay at the four? versus what they had out there before. I can't definitively say that it would have been a different result. I just, I, I again say Rudy's not the problem defensively. The problem defensively is they they need better defensive wings. Yeah. 
the Utah Jazz can't keep my grandmother, who's dead and has been so for a decade, in front of them on defense. Yeah. And my grandmother has no handle. And she's still dunking all. Never mind. I'll stop. She's dead. Um, Let's see. Tan Whoa. Comment dump. Appreciate you. Alex T says, uh, I agree with you guys. The Nye guy says, Gobert is fine getting garbage around the rim. Lobs are fine, but please do not give uh, Gobertivage the ball in the post. Okay. Nye guy, I'm with you. James Knight <laughs> says, hey, I would, I would never call you idiots, Jake. It's just a difference of opinion. I just think, and, and I know, I'm not saying that you're attacking us. I'm just, I, I was yeah. just, you know. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, good morning, gents and everyone. What's up, Bolton? Where you What's been? What's up, buddy? Tyler P. says, Barnes incoming. I'm telling you right now. See, like, that's Harrison Barnes is a perfect guy. Yeah. Oh, the Jazz don't have the assets to get him. Yeah. Because I think Harrison Barnes is going to be one of the hottest commodities on the trade market. Mm -hmm. I think the Sacramento Kings, not to be redundant, I think the Kings could have one of the biggest impacts in the trade market. I mean, they've got three, four guys that they could move today if they really wanted to. Yeah. Um, Jazz rank fifth, fifth defensively. So, but again, when you look at, and this is what Quinn has been talking about. Hey, it's cool that we're X, Y, and Z, but to win, we need the three ball to go in. Yeah. Right? Like if you look at their defensive, their defensive ratings, that's all well and good, but you got to keep guys out of the paint. Yeah, and by don't. the way, by the way, I, and, and I'm not trying to penalize the Jazz for winning these games because, frankly, it's great to see them winning and being the three seed. But you haven't exactly played a difficult schedule up until this point. So, like, all the, hey, we're fifth in the league defensively and we're a top blah offensive team. Like, none of those – like, I don't even start looking at that stuff until the new year. Like, like what, what are you going to be when you – in January when you're playing playoff teams, when you're playing the Suns and the Clippers and the Lakers and the Warriors, when you're playing yeah. these teams that you're potentially going to see in the second round of the postseason? Because they're going to they're gonna win the first round. Like, they will. The second oh, yeah. round is where, is where you start to see quality opposition. But it's interesting you bring that up. Would you want to see Memphis in a first-round series this year? Nah, I'm fine. I don't want to really see – Really-ass team, dude. I mean, that's a different team now. So the West, you know, <laughs> continues to get better. And I, I, I just say defensively, I mean, Rudy Gobert is never going to be your in issue defensively. Yeah. I mean, he just isn't. The, the matchup game – your your inability to defend the perimeter is the issue defensively for this team. And so, you know, as we talk about Rudy, I, I again will say I, I do think that he is a guy that you cannot count on offensively. Um, I think his offense comes on bad nights for the for the the jazz shooting. It comes situationally. It comes but, by happenstance. But defensively, Rudy Gobert, when Rudy Gobert struggles defensively, it's not on him. It's because he's trying to defend five other guys. Yeah. And you're asking him to do too much. That's the 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 best way. And I, I think it was Tony Jones I heard uh, say this on um, ESPN 700. That you're asking a great defensive player, an elite defensive player, arguably the best defensive player in the NBA in Rudy Gobert, you're asking him to do too much defensively. And so when he winds up on a switch with Terrence Mann in the corner, that's not Rudy Gobert's fault. Yeah. Now it is what it is. It's reality. And Terrence Mann tortured him um, with the three ball, and then he went and dunked on him. Like that was a catastrophe. Well, and I and I think that <laughs> what we what we also know is that before the game, it was it was part of their strategy to leave Terrence Mann open in the corner. They, yes. They they the Jazz made a decision, a business decision before that game 
hey, we're going to protect the rim. And if we lose with Terrence Mann shooting the three ball to high rate in the corner, we're going to live and die by that. And he made the shots. <laughs> it yeah. is what it is. James Knight says, I think the Jazz should play more zone. Well, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because zone requires good perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. Right? So what a zone is set up to do is to keep guys off the rim, right? But the problem with that is that the Jazz have trouble in how you, by the way, not to be too simplistic about it, how do you defeat a zone defense? And let's just say you're playing a 2-3, which is what you play in the NBA. Or a, but you could play a box in one sort of, but whatever. You're As an offensive player against a zone, your guards need to dribble penetrate. Yeah. And either finish at the rim or kick to the corner. The ball needs to get to the middle of the floor. And the Jazz are horrific at defending the paint. Yeah. They are not good at keeping guys out of the paint. So, but what does that allow you to do? Well, it allows you to filter guys down into Rudy, but you have a guy, and, and this is the Royce O'Neal conundrum. Royce O'Neal is a guy that everybody puts up as this great elite defender who has zero discipline on weak side help. The guy collapses so quickly. It Like, you're not, in my opinion, with the roster that you have now, you're not going to teach somebody to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... Bogey is who he is. Royce is who he is. Joe is who he is. Everybody is. (laughs) You're not going to teach these guys to play a different style of basketball now. So I think you're asking a lot out of guys like Royce O'Neal to all of a sudden become a disciplined zone defender. Yeah. I think what you have to do is you have to go and get a guy that's an elite defensive player on the perimeter who is not going to consistently get beat off the dribble. Because that's the other thing that guys like – and Donovan's guilty of this as well – they almost soft pedal that one-on-one defense because they believe that Rudy's going to be there. Mm -hmm. And too often Rudy is slow on the help side. So he's getting compromised at the rim. That's not his fault. Yeah. You're just asking him to do too much. Rudy Gobert's not your problem defensively. Yeah. By any shape, any way, shape or form. Uh, Tyler P says they got Clarkson for Exum. So I wouldn't say they don't have assets. The Kings are dumb. Well, if you look at what you have now, wh- who's the tradable piece? So if you're just if you're just finding the show right now today, the Jazz, we're told, made overtures for Karis Levert, who would be a very good fit on this team, in my opinion. But Karis Levert is a guy that the Indiana Pacers want to trade. The Pacers have about four other teams chasing Karis Levert. Mm-hmm. Miles Turner is, I think, probably their best asset. Him and Sabonis, I think, are going to be gone for sure. But the Pacers didn't have desire for anything that the Jazz had to offer. Because if you are the Utah Jazz, you don't have draft assets to offer. You do not have young talent expiring contracts outside of Joe Ingles to offer. So what exactly are you going to offer the Indiana Pacers in a head-up deal for Karis LeVert? Yeah. Because they're probably not taking Jared Butler for Karis LeVert. And are you really going to trade Jared Butler already? I mean, you don't have the assets to go and get. And to go and get a Karis LeVert. Now, a Jordan Clarkson's an interesting guy. When you got Jordan Clarkson, did anybody know he was this guy? The Jazz have kind of created this situation for Jordan Clarkson. They've done a great job with it. Yeah. Right? Who's that player that you can go and do that with? 
I don't know who that is. Yeah. Because you're going to probably have to be the third team in a big trade to get some some help. Because I, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. And Tyler, I hope you're right. You know, like, it, it, and he says, Boyan, Royce, and Joe are all tradable. But for what? They are tradable, but the numbers, making the numbers work is what's tough. You're in the luxury tax, so so you have to match salaries. You cannot take on salary. So if, you, if you're trading Joe Ingles on an expiring contract, what's the real value in that? Who are you? Are You can't afford, you know, and I, I doubt any of the team, any team out West is going to make the Lakers or excuse me, the Jazz better. Right, the Jazz and the Lakers are not making a Talon Horton Tucker deal. <laughs> no. Right. So if you look at the teams out east, you know you would think that the Nets are going to have to make a deal. Who knows what happens with Kyrie? Although I guess there's this organic vaccine that he's going to take now. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. Um, but if you look up and down the 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 Eastern Conference, yeah, sure, there are teams. Cleveland's open for business, mm-hmm. but they've got young guys. Right. Uh, okay. So Indiana, they've got they've got veterans who can help you, but they want young guys in return. So like, there's not an obvious fit. You're not probably involved in a Ben Simmons trade as a as a direct, you know, player. You're probably a third or a fourth team to balance. And you, if you're not a third team, you're not. You shouldn't be in that deal at all. Yeah. All right. So now I'm like, okay, what are the you know the Knicks are said to be looking to add a piece or two. You know, they need they could always use more three point shooting, right? Okay, well, but what do you want? Like they don't have a great wing defender. Like it, are are the New York Knicks gonna take a boy on Bogdanovich? No, probably not. Probably not. Probably not a guy that fits what they did. Like there's just not an obvious one up deal, like the Washington Wizards. I don't know what I don't I don't know how they wind up making a Bradley Beal deal, but maybe you can be a third team. Yeah, I'm not like, are you going to what are you going to send to the Sacramento Kings for Harrison Barnes that they're not going to get twice as much for? That's the problem. That's the issue is you don't have guys that are in demand or even that are even attractive. Like Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy that can finish a championship team. That's a guy where, hey, man, if you are, you know, if you're. He fits in well in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Certainly fits in well in Milwaukee, right? Like those are, but what are they going to give you? I don't know. I mean, clearly one of the other things that we hear the Jazz are out for is a backup point guard. Why don't you just play Jared Butler? Yeah, no, I don't get it. Yeah. All right, a couple more because we got to get to the NFL. Uh, Jeremy Grant would be a good target. Yeah, except his hand fell off. Uh, Teddy Wayman says the Jazz should trade bogey straight across for Jeremy Grant. It, listen. Jeremy Grant would be amazing. Well, one, he's hurt, and two, he's making a pile of money. Yeah. Like, it it it, it makes it very difficult. Um, I mean, he'd be great. He'd be a great addition. Yeah, but you already have the – you can't have, you know, Gobert, Whiteside, Jeremy Grant. Like, how many bigs are you going to have on the team, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> – Okay, so wait. Brandon Whiteside says, trade Oni for talent – Taylor Horton Tucker. Trade Oni for Talon Horton Tucker – Equal trade value. No. Talon Horton Tucker is... Dude, you don't know who Talon Horton yeah, Tucker is. Yeah, if you is, think then. that Oni and Talon Horton Tucker are, are equal players, you don't know Talon Horton Tucker. Yeah. Sorry, you man. Know. All due respect. You know, it just is... It is what it is. Uh, because Quinn loves Forrest like he loves Niang. Loved Niang. Yeah. Boy, yeah. 
Trent Forrest is never going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, because he's he's already in the Jazz Hall of Fame. I mean, he's an all like we're going to retire his, anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. All right, let's talk NFL real quick because we're already an hour into this show. I know we're out of time already, bro. Best get moving. Best team in the NFL, Packers. Yeah, right now it's the Packers, probably. But I think. I don't know, man. No. I think I no, think that the, I, I think that this. Why do you say hurtful I things like that? I think the situation last night with the Rams that was a flex. That was. Don't you mean Rams house? Yeah, sure. Rams house, sure. I, I would, That's I, there. I do you know. not know what that no, is? I that the the Rams hashtag emoji on Twitter is Rams house. Okay. Which I, I think I is one of the that. stupidest yeah, hashtags I've ever heard for an NFL team. Yeah. Like Red Sea for the Cardinals, totally okay, get it. Okay, get it. We get it. You know. You know. Right. Anyway. Go Hawks. Yeah, yeah I, like I, we get it. You know, fine. it's the Seahawks. We get it. Anyway, so. That's fine. I'll I just thought that was an impressive win last night out of, out of the Rams. You know, you're on the road. You stop the run. Like, you do everything you wanted to do. You know, so, like, they, they have to be in the conversation on some level. But, but I think right now, best teams in, in the league. I think the Patriots, Patriots got it going. You know, I think – I think. Um, what about the – you see, and here's one of the big conundrums in the NFL. What about the Kansas City Chiefs? What about them? There's something not right there. No. I mean, obviously and, – and, you know, I just find myself watching a lot of Chiefs games because they're a very good team. So, they're – You know, they're the Chiefs and stuff. They're fucking Chiefs. Yeah. Um, but not Patty Ice is a guy that – I he just – he doesn't have that same edge he had. So – I don't put the Chiefs there. I think the number one team in the NFL right now is the New England Patriots just because of the way Mac Jones is playing. I think Tampa is number two. The Packers are number three. And then, honestly, I think I would take either the Rams. You know, I want to say the Tennessee Titans. No. but No, no, no. Yeah. The Cardinals have to be in the conversation, even though they lost. They have I, to be I don't put them there. I think Kyler Murray, I think a little pee comes out in the biggest moments. <laughs> Is that uh, – can I say I'm that? I'm for real. Yeah, I, I, I am for real. I, I can say that on this show, right? A little pee came out? A little you pee say, came you out. You can say that, yeah. You know, um, I and I think when you – he gets nervous and he makes those bad decisions. And he's not very good at home. Well, first of all, he's really short. So when you're trying to throw over a 6'8", you know, D-end – who's in the flat, that's you know, probably not a good idea. I don't understand this. Oh, Why boy. are you picking on him being short? Okay, so that's how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. It is. that's how it's going to be. Yeah, because Little you know what? Little people have rights, too. Listen, verticality was dog crap last night. He was not good. He was not good, turned it over. At like, all. not, no. Nope. I think there's, oh, I agree, Nye Guy. We all know the league wants a Bucks pats Super Bowl. Oh, they do, 100%. There's no question about it. I don't think we're getting that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, what we deserve is a Bucks, uh, either Bucks Cardinals or Bucks Rams NFC Championship game. Well, that's your Super Bowl. That's that's what we deserve as football fans. Rams or Cardinals? Rams. Rams I think are, the Rams. Rams or Packers? Rams because of the defense. The defense. The defense for the first time last night wow. had it going. Like okay, Packers or Rams? You just asked me that. I know. I was asking it backwards. Rams. Um. So Rams or Bucks? The way Leonard Fournette's playing, man. In an NFC Championship game, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I'm not. That, that would. I'm be, not doing it. Do you understand how much money would go to the Bucks side on that? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. I'm not betting against Tom in an NFC Championship game. I'm not. All right, I'm gonna th I'm gonna say the best team in the NFL right now is the Patriots. 
Okay. But you have a young quarterback, Mac Jones. I think the second best team is is Man, that's hard to say. Rams and Bucks is a really difficult call. Yeah, that, I, that, I want that. That Rams defense to play that well without Jalen, to play that well with all those guys on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Your top two cover corners are out last night. Your line Leonard Floyd playing playing Dude, that kind of coverage. We have ESPN on in the background. The spread of the MVPs in the NFL is ridiculous. It is. Tom it is. at minus one eighty. The next closest is plus six hundred Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. I mean, Jesus. I, I hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> My so God. Much. And look, I guess I should I should respect Aaron. I don't. I mean, why I, would you respect him? He's just number one. He's an asshole. Yeah, I've been immunized. Yeah, I'm sure you haven't. Um, Douche. Number one, I just he's just a jerk. Yeah, right. He and is. I know he's Aaron F and Rodgers, and he he's is this an guy, asshole, and, dude. But Aaron Rodgers is he, he just has become so unlikable. You're Aaron fucking Rodgers, right? Like, and I get that. Yeah. I totally. You're one of the best quarterbacks in the regular season. You tend to choke. <laughs> Notice the caveat. Yeah, you tend to, you know, you S on a D in the postseason. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but I'm telling you, he's just unlikable. He is. I know Packer fans who don't like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's it's bizarre to me. It, he is just so unlikable. And that's why I say I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers versus TB12 in the NFC Championship game. TB12 beat that Aaron Rodgers ass with Scotty Miller, somebody we've never heard of, bro. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I want Jack in the Box versus a Cafe Rio Super Bowl. Oh, Jack in the Box running We away still haven't had Del Taco. The Nye Guy says, I know you guys hate this, but the Bills were screwed hard. Oh, come on. Here we go. The Bills were screwed hard in the Bucks game. Those calls, no calls, were N- NBA officiating bad. <laughs> officiating, how was that not a face mask on Stafford last night? Yeah, don't know. Right, like how, know. that's a, they didn't call it. Yep. Right, like I, I think officiating in every sport. Look at what happened in F one this weekend. Yeah, officiating in every sport sucks. By the way, did you see your boy Michael Massey's on the hot seat now? Looks uh, like he's no. going to get whacked. Uh, do you know who that is? I I can't remember the head the head official in F one. Oh, um, Cafe Rio would totally win if they had Cam Rising though. Jeremy Bolton. Well, oh, yeah. Hey, whoa, how about whoa whoa, 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 whoa? How about how about quitter quarterback going to Liberty? Yeah, what a joke. Noodle arm. Who, who who should Jacob Conover play for? Your mom. Eric DeVera <laughs> says Rams are more consistent in late game toughness compared to the Bucks and the Cardinals. And I think the 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 just the diversity in defensive scheme that they bring to the table. The Rams. Yep. They're good. Yep. They're good. Yep. All right. Well, oh, we forgot Steph. Yeah, we don't have time today. Tomorrow. We don't. It's thirty-five, dude. We don't have time. You, you bro. can't tell me that this dude wasn't saving it for the garden tonight. He was. Oh my god, dude. He wasn't, bro. He took. What did he take? Fourteen threes last night, and he needed three. He took what he always takes. Like I. What? Like. What do you mean? Steph sucks. No, he doesn't. Steph sucks. Your mom sucks. Yes, yeah, she does. She does. Facts. Uh, <laughs> you know. I ain't gonna. You know. Um, Jeremy Bolton says Steph was totally saving it for the garden. No, he yes, wasn't. He was. No, he wasn't. Oh, but they had five guys on him. And, um, y- you know, he was saving it for the garden. No, he wasn't, dude. And if he wasn't, he should have been. He wasn't. He will add to his lore by doing it at the, uh, he at, will. At Madison Square he will. Garden. He will. Dude knows exactly what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Asked, Y'all know. are haters, bro. <laughs> Y'all are hating. 
Austin Lewis says Rodgers is the NFL LeBron. Yep. James Knight says, great show, guys. Too late. You still haven't sent me my 4X gold. <laughs> the Nye guy says Cardinals coaching is bad. I don't know. I like Cliffy. I actually think that Kyler Murray was a problem last night. Yeah, Kyler just made bad decisions. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yep, totally agree. You know. Um, Tanner Plummer says, your mom sucks, LOL. Jake, that's your grandma you're talking about. Yeah, but what's your point? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um... All right. You want to talk about your your million dollar investment? Okay. Here's the topic. What do you like to spend money on? What do you not like to spend money on? I spent a bunch of money on this new computer so that we could we could put out more content more quickly. Thirty what? Thirty thirty five hundred bucks. Thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Payment plan zero percent interest over a year. Thirty five. Two hundred fifty bucks a month basically. Thirty five hundo. Yeah, dude. Okay. It's a nice unit, bro. <laughs> I have a nice unit. Well. And I got it free from God. I'm a fucking unit. I am, dude. I totally am. Uh, Carbon Beach says, what brand? Well, it's a Mac. MacBook Pro, Mac, baby. Look at the thing sitting uh, I mean, on his desk. Can, can, do I have How to, can you not? Can, do I have to like flop it out more, or what are we talking about here? Come on. I mean, look, look at, at the, the size, size of, of that thing. thing. Do we need to get the tape measure out? It's a freaking unit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's got the new MagSafe your mom on it. It's got, it's like, got the, the chip M1 set. Max chipset. It's M1 a 16, Max chipset. Uh, we're over here writing nuclear code. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Gonna have to get that MagSafe yeah. chipset and, uh, you know, M1, M2, whatever it takes. Yeah. Uh, real. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What are you willing to pay for? So I don't mind spending my money on technology. Okay. I don't mind spending my money on travel, which we're going to talk about in a second. And I don't mind spending my money on cars. Okay. What I hate spending my money on is things that are single use. Okay. So I've stopped buying plastic bottles of water because, you know. Yeah. And by the way, does anybody not believe in global warming? Dude, it's not good. Like this is, it's not good right now. Speaking of Sacramento, did anybody see that they got their most uh, precipitation ever in one day yesterday? Yeah. It's lit. Like it, the highs are higher, the lows are lower. There's no in between. Nah, global warming's not real. Um, so I don't like buying single use plastic. I hate paying for gas. I think it's a freaking joke. Mm -hmm. And I think insurance is one of the biggest scams in the world. It is. I'm happy to pay for Jordans. I'm happy to pay for travel. I'm happy to buy a new snowboard. I am not happy to pay for gasoline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well. I think that about covers it. Yeah. You so know. I think I, I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, I share a lot of those same things. You know, the insurance thing is tough because, <laughs> like, I feel like if you have a nice car, you got to have really good insurance, you know? Like. The night guy says cocaine and ladies of the night is what he spends his money on. Well. David Mina Dominguez says, Gobert should play football so he learns how to catch a ball. True. Seriously. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, do I have to flop it out more? Phrases Jake says on date two. Good, good, good. Giggity says, Jake is always trying to flop it out. Yep. On, flop out his <laughs> yeah, unit. Yeah, you know what it is. I like it, Jake. It looks good. You Thanks. just said That's his, what you, they all say. Tanner says, your unit looks good. I'm a fucking unit. Yeah, Tanner <laughs> says, your unit looks good, man. Okay. Uh. Uh, how about food, Monty? That's usually single use. Okay. Well, but see like the way I like, I, uh, how do I, okay. New Year's Eve. Yes. is probably a $500 bill. What about this Saturday? What do you think that'll be? 
Yeah, we're going to an interesting spot Saturday night for Jake's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even remember the name of it's it. It's like now. the Harvest something no, or the no, Heart. No. Or it's like an H, I think. No. No, it's not. Uh, where is that mf Um, We're going to a steak and seafood house. Oh, my God. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Harbor, Har- Harbor seafood. seafood and Steak. Yeah. We're going to Harbor Seafood and Steak. Yeah. Told you it was with an H. Uh, I don't mind paying for that. But like usually on the regular, what did I I had heritage flakes and toast for breakfast yesterday. Butthole. Yeah, butthole. For lunch yesterday, <laughs> I had um brown rice and quinoa with shredded chicken. Quino. Quino. Um, but it's not single use because the food you eat replenishes your body. I'm an effing unit because of the food I eat. <laughs> so it's not really single unit. It's not really single use. When I say single use, it's like um, bottled water. Bottled water. Yeah. You know, like I hate paying. I hate buying a single can of Rockstar at Maverick because it's a single use. So you're paying way more money for it. Right. Right. Those are the things I hate buying buying it for. Jeremy Bolton says, buy a Tanner. Uh, I have a question. Oh, boy. Okay. So Jeremy Bolton in the Tanner plumber voice. Hey, guys, I have a question. <laughs> Uh, guys, 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 uh, if you could be any single computer component in 1995, what would it be? Uh, 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 Bill Gates's sperm so that I could be born his child and take all fast. of his money. That was probably too much. Greg Hawkins says, LMAO, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> Tanner Plummer says, Bolton, once again, I don't ask questions like that. <laughs> hey, guys, guys, I'm just curious. Um. So the 1972 Utah Jazz, um, do you remember their shooting percentage? Okay, I'll yeah, just- Next question. I'll wait. Like, those are Tanner Plummer questions. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Tanner says, <laughs> in the Tanner Plummer voice, question mark, go screw yourself. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Uh, David, David Domingo says, it's too early for this. <laughs> Probably is too early for this. We're not like I don't like we've never even heard Tanner Plummer speak, and no, now there's no. a Tanner Plummer voice on the I've show. I've never spoken to Tanner Plummer. Yeah, want to play? Yeah, we tweet with Tanner. Yeah. and stuff, and now there's a Tanner Plummer voice. You know, Cafe <laughs> Rio or um, McDonald's chicken nuggets. Guys, guys, what's your favorite Happy Meal toy? I remember when I was four. That's it, Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best drops ever that's it skippy oh my god jeremy mm. Bo- oh god jeremy bolton guys 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 if you could screw yourself with a lady <laughs> from the bears 8014 defensive line who would it be pack your shit let's go <laughs> you're out of here uh the night guy says jake's unit and tanner's nerd questions gonna be a great day today. i'm a fucking unit exactly <laughs> Uh, Eric DeVera says, why don't you ask where Grocock is? Yeah. Hey, guys, guys, uh, do you know where Grocock is? Nope. He's growing his cock. What do you want? Okay. So that's how it's going to be. Tanner yep. Plummer says, happy meal toy. I bet if anyone else asked that question, you'd be okay with it. Probably. Probably. Tanner, uh, James Knight says, your mom's calling you. Go ride your BMX home. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> See the thing is, but Tanner, it's we're it's it's, it's just fun. a joke, dude. It's not. We love it, you. Dude. I mean, seriously, it's not. <laughs> 
Rylark says Tanner doesn't deserve this. No, he does not. He does not. Uh, I mean, he really does not. And and I don't know. He do- Yeah, he doesn't, dude. At all. At all. Tanner's getting upset. He says, David, Mina, Domingo, screw you. Okay. Tanner, we um, love you, bro. Because just, David, yeah. uh, David Mina Domingo said, Tanner Plummer is the kid with glasses from Polar Express asking, hey, guys. Polar hey, Express. Hey, hey, you know what kind of train this is? could be tanner i'm so sorry bro i i like i'm sorry man <laughs> jeremy bolton says tanner we love you but you done messed up bro uh, are you out of your goddamn mind <laughs> the night guy says tanner's a stud but i admit i peed a bit <laughs> <laughs> james knight says last nerd won an xbox in pity tanner how about this Xbox thing? I'll give yeah. this if you get if you get Jake and I both to a thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah, people are complaining it's taking too long for us to give away this Xbox, which is true. We'll give you more options, more so, options. Right now, I'm at like nine fifty eight on Insta. Yeah, right nine fifty four. Oh, I lost some. Okay, I'm terrible. Yeah, douche, douche. Um, but mid eight ninety six because I'm a unit. Oh my God! You need a hundred and four followers on Instagram. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. Yeah, Sorry, let's man. do this. Sorry, dude. Jake is SLC Supercars on Instagram. It's not hard to find me. I am the Monty Show. M O N T Y the Monty Show. I use Instagram a lot. Like I use it on oh, a daily multiple basis. times every day. Yeah. All right, can we play, should we play the Liz Cheney thing? We've got like five minutes. Uh sure. This will piss a bunch of people. Yeah, this is not. So while you're listening to this, do you watch Fox News or CNN? My answer is neither. I don't watch the news anymore. But I want you to hear. So, you know, this January 6th insurrection bullshit panel thing is happening. So they're trying to get. Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff for for the bright orange Twitter machine, I believe, as Tanner Plummer refers to our former president. They're trying to get Meadows to testify. It is is the tangerine Twitter Twitter machine. machine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You know, they're trying to get him to testify. So they asked him to turn over text messages from January 6th. He did. And it turns out that Fox News was heavily invested in Donald Trump and was very clearly a mouthpiece for the White House. Because here's Rep. Liz Cheney, an outcast in the Republican Party, reading those text messages. According to the records, multiple Fox News hosts knew the president needed to act immediately. They texted Mr. Meadows, and he has turned over those texts. Quote, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy, Laura Ingram wrote. Please get him on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished, Brian Kilmeade texted. Brian Kilmeade. Can he make a statement? Ask people to leave the Capitol, Sean Hannity urged. As the violence continued, one of the president's sons texted Mr. Meadows, quote, He's got to condemn this shit ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough, Donald Trump Mm-mm-mm. Jr. texted. Meadows responded, quote, I'm pushing it hard. I agree. Still, President Trump 
did not immediately act. Donald Trump Jr. texted again and again. And again. Urging and again. action by the president. <laughs> Quote, we need an Oval Office address. He has to lead now. All of them knew there was trouble. Yeah, dude. And, and this so, is my thing. Everybody knew what was going on. Everybody, everybody knew. In, in, in that room knew what was going on and did nothing about it. And I'm not somebody who's Democrat, Republican, conservative. Like, I don't get into all that crap. No. All I get into is, hey, we just had, uh, you know, uh, hundreds, a hun you know, in the hundreds of people storming the Capitol. For what? For what? That's my problem. Mighty Rihanna says, worst general conference talk ever. <laughs> On BYU Radio. I think the sad thing about this is, is it shows you the president knew what was going on, but yeah. it also shows you that Fox News got manipulated during that administration. Yeah. And I think that, that you just can't trust what's coming off the TV right now, and it's really sad. Yeah. You know, like whether it's the Chris Cuomo scandal at, you know, at, at CNN where Chris Cuomo was fired because, you know, he was lying about helping his brother, the degenerate mm -hmm. alleged sex abuser. Uh, Governor Cuomo, like, I mean, it, you just can't trust anything that comes out of the TV. And that's why I don't watch TV news anymore. It's really, really frustrating. Yeah. Really frustrating. Because they all have an agenda. And it's not a Republican-Democrat thing. It's really frustrating that we as Americans, A, are divided, but B, we're divided through intentional misinformation that we've allowed to happen. And I I wish that we, we just could come together on it. Yeah. But these texts, I mean. It's wild. It is. It is. What happened on January 6th is wild. That's the it's best em, it's way. It's embarrassing. But do you care? Do you want to know? Do you care? Yeah, I want people to pay the price for that. I want I want I want guys like Mark Meadows to to do their time for it, because to to just the idea, the very fact that Donald Trump is going to run again is a complete disgrace to this country, no matter what your political stance is. He knew what he was doing and inciting that that day. Like he knew what was going on, and and that's my yes. problem. It could be if if Joe Biden did that, I'd be saying the same thing, dude. It, we can't have a bunch of violence going to the Capitol, and like no. that's not the kind of country we live in, dude. And I'm and I'm tired of oh well, you're 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 a a, a libtard, and and you voted for Donnie, so you're an idiot. Like we need to stop all that stuff, dude. I'm I'm so tired of the. Of the, hey, I need to attack you because of your stance versus just talking about it. Bradlark says, my coworkers didn't believe me that every news station has an agenda. Oh, they they do. do. Are you kidding they me? They do. Every news station. Tanner, what are you doing? Uh-oh. Tanner says, besides the Luca's mom comment, what else have I done to piss all of you off? Tanner. Hi, relax, dude. man. It's fun. We're, we're just See, having fun. See, this is fun. why you can't, you can't do that. Tanner, it's... It, we're just having fun. Usually it's me that is the butt of the jokes or Jeremy Bolton because he he has, you know, some ungodly obsession with Jaron Hall's mom. But well, and Alex Caruso. But, any you know, yeah, I mean, I, it's Jake for taking his glasses off. Like, it's just that's what this show is, man. It's a good time. It. Yeah. I mean, I get ripped all the time yeah. for texting for breaking up over text, allegedly. So, you know, well, I don't like the way, I just don't like the way you treat women. Well, Jake. that's what it is. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. By the way, you're taking this girl snowboarding Saturday. I am. Yep. Okay. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about what? Me bringing her along. I don't have a problem with it. Uh huh. I mean, it was nice knowing her. Right. Um, right. You know. Yeah. Well, the end of that relationship is coming quick. Oh, by the way, 
By the way, we should probably make the announcement about next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> we decided yesterday that we're going to go to Lake Tahoe next week. Tanner, why don't you come with us next time? Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to North Star next week to snowboard Monday through Thursday. Yeah. So we're not going to do a show next week. Uh, Tanner says, sorry, I just lost my temp temper. Night guy says, Please. much love, Tanner. It's all, it's all good, man. If you guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. That's a lie. Jeremy Bolton says, we're not mad at you, Tanner. Hey, I get roasted daily for my Caruso hate and Jaren's Hall's mom, but I'm 100% correct, however. That's true. That's correct. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like talking in your voice, Tanner. It's like an and honor. We don't even, but the point is, is we don't even know what your voice sounds like. That's the funny part about the whole thing. Uh, Mighty Rhiannon says, for me, I prefer PBS NewsHour less... Uh, discernible bias than other yeah, but outlets. See, That's the, true. The thing with PBS is, I feel like I'm watching Grandma's news, dude. It just is. Ah, it's slow. It's like it's. Uh, yeah. And that's why I say I'm just not a TV news guy. I'm not. <clears throat> Good. I appreciate you guys following me on Instagram. Yeah, bro. You guys just Look popped out like seven seven follows or whatever. Yeah, the Monty Show. M O N T Y. The Monty Show to follow me on bro, Instagram. Bro, I'm at eight ninety nine. Can one more? <clears throat> you guys just follow me. Real Get Jake quick? to nine hundred. Like, Come on. Come on. Stop Come on. teasing me. Come on. Stop teasing me. C teaser. Um. Yeah. So your your girlfriend's gonna. Okay. The girl who's not your girlfriend. Soon to be is going to meet your parents Saturday. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. While snowboarding. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of a first. It's kind of a first. Chris Cruz says InfoWars, y'all. Exactly right. InfoWars. Elijah Hodges says, no, PBS is totally controlled by the government. Okay. InfoWars.com. Uh, Mighty Rhiannon says, Jake needs more entertaining news. Where's the car chases at? Yeah, Truth. seriously. Seriously. Truth. Can I get some LA TV news, please? Truth. Truth. Chris Karn says, Tanner is why we can't have nice things. Hey, you guys, look, my feelings are really hurt. Um, Don't. What? Don't. He what? lost his temper. Everybody does. There's no need to mock him over his feelings, dude. Come on. Eric DeVera hey, says, chill out, Tanner. we had 900. Who's the 900 followers? Brylark. <clears throat> Brylark. Thank you, Brylark. My Appreciate guy, Brylark. you, bro. Appreciate you, my yeah, guy. Yeah, Tanner, Tanner, you're our guy, dude. It's all good. It's just in fun. Yeah. You know what I mean, Twerp? It's just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I Come can't. on. It's all in fun. You should probably play the music. Yeah, before we, you know, end, end Tanner. Yeah, so we'll give away this Xbox either at 3,000 subs on YouTube or 1,000 uh, followers on Instagram for both of us. Eric DeVera says, I follow foreign news, not for the news, but only learning another language. Truth. <laughs> uh, James Knight says, give Tanner a shout-out to Mo Bamba. Too late. Where's Eric C? We need a new target. Exactly. No, it's okay. You can mock me again. I chilled out now. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Now we're, we're back. Congrats on the enema, Tanner. Yeah. Way to go. Thank you. All right. We made a pegging joke in bed last night. Okay. That's all in the show. Uh, all right. There you have it. Jesus. <laughs> it was hysterical. Dude. Until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Tanner. Goodbye, Tanner.